I don't claim to have all the answers. I claim to have an interesting perspective and one that I like to put out there, right? And recently I had dinner with one of my mother's male friends who was around a lot when I was younger and he was super flirty and quite good looking. And, you know, I remember now when he was coming over, it was always like... (laughs) I knew I was going to get to flirt with this guy, and I knew I was going to get that thing that I was craving. And, um, you know, he's in his late 70s now, and I sat next to him at dinner, and uh, I wasn't that flirty girl anymore. He was still flirting, but I really wasn't. And, like, when you flirt, you don't always even need a willing participant. You can just, like, flirt with a tree, you know? Like, you don't need anyone to give anything back to you. But I could see that he was flirting, and I was just being. Like, there was a difference. And I was able to, like, have conversations with this man. Um, And I've been an adult around him before, but never an adult who wasn't flirting. And I realized that, like, he was so negative. He was, like, so someone that I had absolutely no connection with. And this was someone that I always looked forward to being around when I was a kid and when I was a young adult because I guess it was just a flirt and I looked forward to that flirting. But when I removed the flirting, it was like, oh, I don't really care for this person. And it's not from like a mean, negative, unloving place. It's just like, we don't align, so bye-bye. You know, it was just, it's almost funny to me how... When you remove that, again, it's not even sexual, that flirty energy, you get to see what you're left with. And you get to see where there's value and where there's connection and where there might not be. So flirting limited how I got to show up and how I got to engage and experience the people around me. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. When I was a little girl and my parents would introduce me to their friends, the number of their male friends who would look at me, and I'm talking like, I mean, as young as I can remember, their male friends that would look at me and they would be like, wow, she's going to be a real heartbreaker someday. And, you know, like that's really gross because I realized that that is like sexualizing a young girl. Like it is taking a young girl and discussing what her impact is going to be. And your impact is often your perceived value based on how her looks are going to allow her to attract and then reject a man. Now, I understand that the men saying this We're just like following the social construct at the time. Like I I don't harbor resentment towards it, but I'd like to draw some attention towards it because it had a huge effect on how I valued myself, which makes sense. And hearing that message, I was lucky, as I've said before, my mother, whenever someone would say that I was a, a pretty girl, my mother would be like, well, that and a token will get her a ride on the subway. Like my mother downplayed it in a way that I really appreciate. And I, you know, I recognize that there were benefits to having a pretty face, 
But there are other things that, that are not so great when your looks become what you're encouraged to lead with by the default of like society focusing on it, right? Like my mother didn't want me to focus on it, but when other people focus on it, you know, sometimes it's hard to be avoided. When I was in high school, I didn't realize this, but there was a section in the yearbook that was God's gift to man. And I was voted God's gift to man, which again, I was not aware that this was a title. It was not something I was seeking. It wasn't until after the yearbook came out. And I like, I was like such kind of like a hermit in high school. I was surprised anybody even knew that many people knew of me to vote for me, let alone knowing that this voting was going on. But like it's it's kind of gross. Like again, it's it's a form of of just focusing on one's looks and sexualizing a human being and making their value like how it can make a man feel, right? And I was also part of this too because my yearbook picture, I quoted a Madonna song that we just got like one little square and I quoted a Madonna song and it said, how many licks does it take? Which was from her erotica album. But instead of showing my face, my picture was just my eye. Like, <laughs> I don't even know, like, like, was I being creative? Was it artsy? Was I avoiding my face and just putting sexual language there, but being like, fuck you, I'm not going to show you my face? Like, I don't even know. I honestly, I I'm going to need someone else to unpack that for me because I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, this has always happened with women. My mother, when she said no thank you, to going to college, her advisor at college was like, that's okay, Kathy. I'm sure you'll be married in no time. Like, you're a pretty girl. You'll land on your feet. And, you know, that, fortunately, I was raised in a time where we were, like, encouraged to do everything more or less that our male, to an extent that our male counterparts were encouraged to do, but differently. And I really, I think that girls today this is a hard one because they say, right, the future is female and women can rule the world. But yet we now have social media and we have young girls sort of sexualizing themselves. And that's become normal. But when I was a young girl, it was definitely imposed upon me by society. And so my reaction to that was really, I've come to see that I had a serious addiction to flirting. Hello, wonderful, worthy, self-loving women. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. There's a gold medal in being you waiting for you. Are you ready to accept it? This course is about the ever-evolving process of self-love and self-discovery. If fully embraced just like self-love, it is endless and can deliver boundless results. Through this course, you will find yourself living fully as your greatest you. In Flourish and Fly, my introductory course, we talk about learning to love ourselves. We learn to see that we are worth the gold. Here we take action. Here we grab that gold medal. Remember, you can achieve a silver trying to be someone else, but only you have the right to your gold, to your unique glory. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers through conscious, compassionate self-love and grab your gold. It's already yours for the taking. Are you ready? Join me. Your time is now. You know, I was addicted to how knowing how making a man connect with me and creating potential sexual energy there, I thought I was addicted to how I made a man feel. That's what I originally thought that I was addicted to. 
And I don't mean to make this like an addiction like alcoholism. It's not a disease. But I was in a repetitive pattern of being addicted to the feeling that I thought I could make a man feel. But what I came to realize, I was actually addicted to how I felt when I thought I made a man or woman, I guess, anybody really feel. Because I can never know how I'm making someone feel, right? I don't ever know what's going on on the inside. But I was addicted to how it made me feel thinking about how they might feel. And it wasn't like a sexual thing for me. It was like a game. It was like playing a game. And, you know, it started with that she's going to be a real heartbreaker. It starts with all that language. When we just focus on the exterior and we don't go deeper, you can get addicted to like how the, the play between one's exterior makes you feel. And today I really don't do that. Like I have wonderful connections with men. I have wonderful connections with women, but like I don't want to flirt anymore. Like I, I want to laugh. I want to engage. And I'm able to not play that like weird flirty thing because one, I am so aware of who I am and I don't need to get my validation from how I might make you feel. I get my validation by going out and capturing the life that I really want and being of service to other people and engaging in a way where I can hold my head high. I also have my guy. Like my husband, when he walks in a room, I feel something. That's my guy. Nobody else. Is our marriage like fucking champagne and roses all the time? No, no marriage is. But he's my guy, 100%. And I've given my myself space to like embrace all the different ways that I can value myself and to learn about, through self-love, the many facets of being me. And you can too, through self-love, learn to identify, appreciate, and value the many facets of being you so that you don't have to rely on that one thing. For me, it was flirting. You know, you don't have to rely on whatever your one thing is whatever that crutch is. So women are often objectified and it does really hinder how we value ourselves. And it amazes me, as I said before, how prevalent on Instagram, like these smart young women I know who put these sexy shots on. And it makes me really uncomfortable, not because I'm a prude, but because it's, it's women doing it to themselves now, but for all of the same reasons that it was done to us. And you know, this is going to play itself out. I'm just creating a dialogue around it. Again, I like talking about this stuff. You may disagree with what I'm saying. And that's, let me know, you know, like, I don't claim to have all the answers. I claim to have an interesting perspective and one that I like to put out there, right? And recently, I had dinner with one of my mother's male friends who was around a lot when I was younger. And he was super flirty and quite good looking. And you know, I remember now when he was coming over, it was always like, <laughs> I knew I was going to get to flirt with this guy. And I knew I was going to get that thing that I was craving. And, um, you know, he's in his late 70s now. And I sat next to him at dinner. I wasn't that flirty girl anymore. He was still flirting, but I really wasn't. And like, when you flirt, you don't always even need a willing participant. You can just like, flirt with a tree, you know, like you don't need anyone to give anything back to you. But I could see that he was flirting and I was just being like there was a difference. And I was able to like have conversations with this man. And I've been an adult around him before, but never an adult who wasn't flirting. 
And I realized that like he was so negative. He was like so someone that I had absolutely no connection with. And this was someone that I always looked forward to being around when I was a kid and when I was a young adult. Because I guess it was just a flirt and I looked forward to that flirting. But when I removed the flirting, it was like, oh, I don't really care for this person. And it's not from like a mean, negative, unloving place. It's just like we don't align. So bye bye. You know, it was just it's almost funny to me how when you remove that, again, it's not even sexual, that flirty energy, you get to see what you're left with and you get to see where there's value and where there's connection and where there might not be. So flirting limited how I got to show up and how I got to engage and experience the people around me. It's one of the ways that I wasn't connected to me. And um, once one thing, I maybe one reason why I'm accepting my sort of body getting older and a little droopier and I'm sort of happy being less image-based is I'm really just focused on like, how do I want to look for me? I'd like my husband to find me attractive and sexually pleasing because I, that's an important part of marriage. But I think we're okay there. I think he's happy. But like I'm, I, I kind of love my changing body. I had a friend tell me recently that she's thinking about getting a boob job. And like, I do not judge it. I'm just so not there. It's not what appeals to me. I'm fine with the saggy boobs. I've, I've sung the song before. I won't do it now. But those of you who have been listening know what I'm talking about. And I have another friend who got a vagina lift. Like she literally got the vaginal rejuvenation surgery and claims that her husband absolutely loves her new vagina. But I remember her telling me like, we were gonna renovate our house, but I got a, <laughs> what's it called? Um, yeah, I got the vaginal rejuvenation surgery instead. <laughs> it's so funny. I shouldn't, I mean, it's cool. Again, like, do you, go for it. Like, get the vagina lift. But then I told another friend about the vagina lift, and she's like, are you kidding me? What a race to money. Like, my husband could go rub up against a tree in Central Park and get off. Like, what's she bothering with this for? <laughs> it's so funny, all of the different perspectives, right? So, but flirting really fueled my body image issues, you know, because I was addicted to how I made, I thought I made other people feel. And that could only be a feeling that I thought I could generate if I looked a certain way. And that is horseshit for so many reasons. And no matter what you look like as a human being, there is someone out there that you can connect with. And you do not have to fit a mold to turn the general public on. Like, <laughs> like, who wants to be part of that? You get to be you, right? So I had a lot of stock in validating myself from visual images and that, that perspective. And I still like looking nice. I still enjoy getting dressed in the morning. I like thinking about how I'm going to look and how I go out the door. But now I'm doing it for me in an alignment with me. When I did my first photo shoot for the self-love peddler, it was shocking because I didn't have my vision totally flushed out for my business and sort of like the face of my business and how I wanted it to look. And my first photo shoot ever, I had sequined heart pasties on my nipples and I was butt naked and I had a heart pillow covering my crotch and I had like glitter on my face. And like, we ended up not using any of the pictures because it, I was just like not going to attract what I was trying to attract. And I was trying to like be empowering with my body, but it came across as like 
kind of pornographic and it was going to just like attract people looking for porn. And then when I not only did it, like, was it just like the whole thing got over-sexualized, but I also, when I got the pictures back, they were so Photoshopped that it honestly didn't even look like me. Like, I looked like a drag queen, kind of. Like, it was it was so interesting what the vision in my head of what I was trying to create and how it actually came out. It, there was such a disconnect. You know, my next photo shoot, which is most of the pictures I use... I said, like, I do not want you to Photoshop anything. I want to see my flaws. Like, I was able, through doing even more work, to just just show up. And I said to the woman, I was like, I really don't want you to Photoshop anything. I will admit, there's one picture of me where I had her remove the indentation in my skin that you could see from a bra I had been wearing that morning. But that is not changing reality. That's just making it so that you're not staring at a an indentation of a bra strap. But it's interesting, the people that helped me work on that photo shoot said that I was the first person who actually followed through on no touch-ups and just letting it be as it is. And that's one reason I find mirror work so incredibly powerful is you're facing yourself. You're facing any fears you have about like accepting the aging, the cellulite, the stretch marks, all of this stuff. And at first, when you get in front of that mirror, it can be hard to believe that you can love all that stuff, right? It can be really hard to believe it because you've got this like disordered thinking from society. And so it takes repetition to see the beauty. It takes behavior modification and it takes affirmations. And affirmations, again, aren't some like magical thing. Affirmations are just what we tell ourselves over and over again. And since we already know that we skew to the negative as human beings, those positive affirmations are so important. And you get to a point where like, you're kind of objectifying yourself first in the mirror, you're looking at your body, you're flirting a little with yourself, but you have the perspective of also knowing everything that's going on on the inside. So then you get to do the beautiful work of merging that outside perspective, that inside perspective, and doing it through positive, loving affirmations so that you get to fall in love. You get to fall in love with you. And you get to show up for you, as you, as only you can. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.